Kate Fennessy's writing her first novel. And Helen Brown's going to help her. Welcome to our podcast, Novel Therapy. How to make life your best creative project. Hi everyone, I've got the giggles and welcome <laughs> to episode 14 of Novel Therapy. I'm Kate Fennessy, aspiring author and social media marketer. And I'm New York Times bestselling author Helen Brown. And we're very excited this morning because Can't we have a new you. machine. <laughs> this is high tech. This is an investment in our future in the next two episodes. Exactly. We have earned this. It's a wonderful machine and he needs a name. He, We're not going to call it a she because we're 21st century mm. women. We're using this man for to make our, our life easier. And he's not going to be called Angel or any of those mm-hmm. subservient female names. They give <laughs> lowly machines. Mm. I had some ideas. Oh. I thought Neville or Owen, except that, that's harder to say, Nigel. Nigel. I think I like Nigel. Nigel, I feel like Nigel. Yeah, I like Nigel. He looks like a Nigel. Mm. He's just very focused on what he has to do for us. He does. Nigel, make us a cup of tea now. He's not answering. It's so cool. So we're basically, it's called a Roadcaster Pro. Um, This is the the ultimate machine for podcasters. So, yes, we've just levelled up and we're very excited and we we have buttons we can push. Yep. And noises we can make. Yeah, we're making noises. Like so you this were... one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So forgive us if we're a bit silly this episode because we're excited. Um, and we also have a noise for if anyone says a word from the swear jar. Now it's going to be more official. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that's good. But I don't think we should be too hard on ourselves. No, that's true. You know, it's really just a guideline. But that said, we should take it reasonably seriously yes we're very reasonable and very so serious. in case you haven't uh, remembered uh, the swear jar is our journey jar because mm-hmm. we have a thing against the word journey because yes. it's too much of a cliche so when either of us uses it we have to put a gold coin in the jar <laughs> and it's getting quite good <laughs> and i've added some new words to it good yes I don't usually do much homework but i have today okay let us know well we already know about amazing yep I don't like like people saying <laughs> like I'm going to the kitchen like you know like like, like yeah that like. I'm probably guilty of that a bit. Oh, that's all right. Oh, the next one too. Totally. Totally. I'm totally guilty of oh, that I, too. Oh, well, yeah, a little bit. Mm, well, just bear it in mind. Um, nice and not very yeah. fond of, and I don't like passed away. Oh gosh. Okay. But look, you know, it's not lovely as one of my own. Yeah, Families. that was an original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you not like passed away? Do you just prefer dead? Die. Yeah, I think it's my journalist background, okay. but also something dies. It doesn't pass. But I know people use that word. To try As in you think it's a bit sort of... Euphemistic okay. is what I think. Now, you had a suggestion. I did. Awesome, I think, is overrated. Mm. As well. I agree. Awesome is not awesome. And look, one of our guests also suggested that a while back. Yes, that's yeah. true. So yeah. I'm very pleased to have that. <laughs> and look, I personally realise our last guest last week, Paul, Paul, yes, was so fabulous. He was that I described him as amazing. Did you? I did, but rightly. Well, you see, I only feel partially guilty because okay. he was amazing. <laughs> he was so brave. He was cool, but. In oh, honour of being a dignified person, yeah, there goes my $2. There you go. So when we do our 
Fabulous live mm. event, yes. In two weeks' time, we'll bring our journey chart yes. and see if the audience has any other ideas. Exactly. My main one, though, and that's my oh. topic for today, is the word scary. Yes, you've mentioned that a couple of times that you I, don't like that word. No, way overused, way like someone gets um, brain freeze from eating an ice cream that's too cold and they say that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think that is crazy. And now the whole world is in a state of fear. Yeah, that's true. And we've got to find a way of getting our heads around it. Using the word scary too much, I noticed since we've had a real thing to work with, it's not bandied about quite so much, but mm. it actually comes from an old Norse word meaning timid. Okay. And dealing with this global virus and the mm. aftermath of the bushfires, we do yep. not need to be timid. No. We need to be centred. Yep. Courageous. And that was one thing about mm. Paul. Yeah. I was so tempted to think, oh, he's a hero. Mm. He's going to make everything better. When times are bad, you look for a hero. Mm. But heroes die too, and, mm. and they're fragile as we are. Yeah. So this opportunity is a time to turn into our, the hero within and find our own strength. It's very true, actually, because it's important to stay grounded, isn't it? I woke up to a text message from Emmy, my daughter, the other day saying, Mum, is your business going to be in trouble because of there's going to be a recession? And I sort of basically explained to her that I'll worry when those issues hit me, when they actually are right in front of me. But I explained to her how I've got things in place and, you know, all businesses can, you know, suffer stress or, or have risks involved in them. But, yeah, it's interesting how she's looking for me to show yeah. leadership and yeah, calm. Yeah, yeah, leadership yeah. and calm. Yeah. And the other thing that fascinates me about this whole pandemic, because it's now called, I mm. think, um, is we're turning back to science. Mm. We can't really calm down until the scientists sort it out. Yeah, well, that's how right. wonderful. They're like, on a pedestal. Yeah, and we need them and we can't say, oh, no, you, you, what you do is not real anymore. Yeah, because, that's so true. Yeah, and I think it's so important to remember this is going to pass. Yes. It's not going to go on forever. No, of course it's not. And I have a theory that I developed on the car drive on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love those theories. <laughs> That so the good. economy, when all this passes, will bounce back with What's a big it? old boom and everyone will say, woohoo, everyone's got travel dollars to spend. Everyone's got, you know, stuff that they have been putting on hold that they can now do. It'll go off. And I think some good things will come out of it that we won't, we'll find ways not to be so dependent on China, mm. be, you know, or oil producing countries. I think there could be so many benefits. And I Interesting. Think, yeah, yeah, I've been reading blogs by people in China and Italy and shut down cities, mm. and they, the experiences they are going through mm. are not all bad. No, there's, there's it's forced time out. Yeah, and it's time with family. Yep, and it's time to reassess mm. why you're here on this earth, mm. you know? and to be a decent person. Forgive those people you're holding grudges mm. against. For goodness sake, you know, live every day as if it's your I last. love that interpretation. That's cool. Maybe some brilliant novels are getting written right now oh, because of the forced time indoors. How good is that? Yeah. Now, very quickly, because I've got a new sound and I want to press oh, it, let's it. do our quick check-in. Are you ready? This is just a quick, what have you been up to? Oh, here's our new sound. Okay. So here's our check-in. Woo! Um, I just wanted to quickly tell you because I had such a good experience on the weekend. I visited... Mulberry Hill in Langwarren, which is the home of Joan Lindsay, who wrote um, The Picnic at Hanging Rock. 
that my daughter's been reading for year 12. It's my dream home. I have It is the most beautiful home I have ever seen in my life. She lived with an artist, Daryl Lindsay, like a painter. She also painted, and I have to say, I liked her paintings better than his, no offence, Daryl. All he did was paint vases of this flowers arrangements. Hers were much moodier. She painted gums, moody gums and all sorts of things. She, of course, wrote Picnic at Hanging Rock. She wrote it in three and a half weeks. (gasps) I stood in her bedroom where she wrote it, or her writing room. Oh, where was the desk? I bet some... Curator had turned it to face the window. It was facing they? the window. Yeah. I'll take a photo for you. But there was also, a, I did ask the woman guide where she wrote, and she often said she wrote it. There was also a desk in the middle of the room that didn't face a window, and she said she often sat on the floor and got all her notes and had them all spread around her. So it is the most beautiful, charming house I've ever been in. You must come and visit with me. It's nine minutes from my house. Oh. It is so. I'll pop some photos up in our Facebook group. Honestly, the energy of the the bedroom, the the downstairs. Um, of course, the man had the biggest space downstairs. The the painter's room was just the most beautiful, creative lair I've ever been in. Her room was smaller and more humble. Their bedroom was beautiful, but the energy of the house was just covered in. The walls were covered with artists' paintings who were all their buddies mm. and stuff from. Oh, it was just. It is my. It was like walking through my dream. House, so that was a huge highlight. Mm. Come and visit it with me. Yeah, it is well, absolutely beautiful. It is beautiful, yeah. and I just want to quickly shout out too that I'm reading again because I've been reading my daughter's book lists for English and Lit this year. Alice Munro, Canadian writer. Oh, oh my her. god, she's up there. I've tried to get just about every book of hers. Oh, there I she could. is. Yeah, there. she is stunning. Oh, got, you do. You love her too. I worship at her feet. Oh God, I'm yeah. beginning to as well. I I um I'm gonna have to. Borrow some of Please those. Do. Bloody yeah. hell, she is a brilliant writer. Her piercing observational yeah. eye is like nothing I've ever experienced. I'm reading Dance of the Happy Shades, which is short stories. Yeah. She's a master Holy of crap. short story Isn't writing. she? Yeah, and that's such a magnificent skill to be able to percolate a whole story oh, into. She is blowing my brains with every I'm short so story. I found her. Yeah, me too. Oh. And the funny thing is I read her in primary school, in high school, as a friend reminded me on Instagram, Girl, Lives of Girls and Women. But I think we all struggled with it back then. But I'm so glad I've rediscovered oh, her as an adult. So that's my check-in. And how have you been, Helen? Give us a snapshot of what's been happening. Gosh, so much has been happening. I've had my sister visiting from New Zealand. I've been reading a book about self-compassion, which I think is very relevant to what's going on now. Mm. Let's not be the shut-off person who nudges your side and collects toilet paper. In fact, I was getting on the tram the other day and this old lady had one of those shopping trolleys with about four packets of toilet paper in it and so one ro- packet under each arm. And she would have been in her 70s and she was trying to get off the tram and waiting for people to help her. And at that moment, she was in far greater of fall- danger of falling off the tram and bashing her head on the road than she ever was of running out of toilet paper. Oh, it's insane. It is. Time for a lot of inner reflection, I think. And I notice on the streets around here in Pran that older people are opening up and smiling. If you've been through a lot of crap in your life, oops, reference to the toilet paper, (laughs) but, you know, you know that this is just a thing. Okay, so their wisdom. It's not the end of the world. It's, It's just a thing. It's change. We mustn't mm. be too frightened of, tra- of change. Yeah, and we can adapt. We're smart. And we needed to change. I mean, goodness, mm. the world was going crazy and this is just a manifestation of that. I like your interpretation of coronavirus, Helen. We need you on the news. 
Thank you. Right after the premiere. <laughs> oh, Donald Trump. <laughs> exactly. Well, there you go. That's the end of our check-in. So that brings us to our clinic. Um, the people on YouTube are probably thinking, what are they doing? We've got all these sounds coming through our headphones, um, which you, you will hear on the podcast. Yeah, because of Nigel. Nigel's, Nigel's been, been yeah. so far just spot on. Yeah. yeah. yeah but he's the kind of man we need. He hasn't brought the tea yet. Rachel, <laughs> hurry up. <laughs> exactly. Um, so in terms of the clinic. Um, yes. Yeah. Now, now welcome. <laughs> Take a seat. Oh, thank you. I've been nervous already. No, don't be Kate. Kate very kindly sent me her revised, really. Yeah, pretty much. three chapters. Yes. And yes. yeah, I enjoyed them very much. And I noticed some, you've been doing some work on yeah. your own yes. writing skills. Do you reckon? Yeah, and one of the things I know, one of the big kind of um, pitfalls of being a novice writer is mm. overuse of the adverb, like she uh, hungrily ate the hamburger. Yes, yes. Instead of she devoured the hamburger. Can you think of another verb? Is, is it things like, it's not saying she rushed down the stairs, oh, she no. hurriedly packed yeah, her things and right. ran out the door. That's right. So and it's the any, hurriedly. It, and look, I will fall into that trap myself, especially okay. if so I'm over-describing. Well, no, using the adverb. Adverbs okay. are like plastic pot plants. You know, you can put one or two around the house and hide them among <laughs> real pot plants, okay. and they look great. But if you fill your house with nothing but plastic mm. pot plants, something looks kind of feels wrong. It's a bit like an IKEA showroom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I All noticed, right, so I noticed that you'd pulled out... Oh, some, really? Yeah, some of the adverbs that had jumped out at me on the first um, okay. version, mm. but you'd got rid of those. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I think I'm definitely more conscious. I mean, I've been reading a lot, um, and I think a lot of the things we talk about on this podcast have just somehow absorbed into my brain and are coming out my fingertips somehow. Oh, that sounds <laughs> wonderful. Half your luck. <laughs> so tell me, how do, how do you feel about the three chapters you've written? How are you feeling about on your, <coughs> I'm not going to say journey. I my two dollars. Yeah, much better. I think that when I first wrote, it was just like a big rush of, oh my God, just I've got to start somewhere. And it felt so clumsy, as I've told you, like I'm a building, I've got the lumps of clay and what the hell am I even doing? With all the talk and thinking about different things, I feel like now I can go ahead and just keep writing. Like I feel like it's not perfect, it's wobbly, there's bits that are probably in the wrong place. I just feel now an energy to just keep going. I think just little things like adding in the work nemesis, I think that strengthened that little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> I wanted to get to that point of revelation where the accusation that her husband's cheating on her happened. That was my goal to get to that in those first three chapters. I'm pretty happy with the rest of my rough outline. I just want to, I just want to keep going now. I, I, I've kind of accepted what you said at the very start that the first draft is not going to be amazing. Yeah. It's not going to blow anyone's socks off. It's not going to win any prizes. I just want a draft that I'm proud of, um, that I can work with. Because yeah. I feel like once that's back to that clay analogy. Once I've got the shape there, then I can go. Well, that doesn't quite work there. So I'm sort of, I'm happy that I've added the inclusion of a the character's mother having died, that was really a nice part to get to where I was able to describe a scene where 
it was the mum's birthday but no one's going to talk about it Mm because that's often happened in my family. Mm. Not necessarily on mum's actual birthday but we don't talk about mum a lot in general because it was just too painful, I think. Um, It was a real, really nice connected feeling to be able to write those scenes. To be so instead of pretending that mum didn't, you know, instead yeah. of the first version where her mum was alive. I'm so pleased that you've yeah, got the courage it feels to better. step up and do that. Yeah, yeah, it feels heaps better. I don't know exactly how it's all going to unfold. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like I've enjoyed the the recent writing. I'm happier. I think I think I've been able to make those initial changes you talked about. Make the husband a bit more likable. Make I hope the main character a bit more complicated. Um, yeah, one thing that strikes me and it's some because I'm at the very early stages of a new book too yeah and that is that a book is a is long yeah and you can stretch things out yeah you you don't have to be in a hurry okay and in fact you know the the reader wants you to slow down okay sometimes and yep. just take your take time, your time yeah and okay. that gives you more space to tell your story yeah, yeah. so I can do that just you can take do that. time yeah, yeah. And so what would your advice be at this stage for me? Is it just about keep going, get it down? I think you have delivered your own best advice, Kate. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, that's the energy I feel now. Yeah. And I, goodness, I know that terrible anxiety of feeling, you know, oh, it's not good enough, oh, yeah. I've got to keep... You've just got to put that aside. I was going to say, I'm kind of over that at the moment. I think I wrestled a lot in that, essentially... Aligned with our first season, I think there was a lot of me wrestling, did I deserve to try this? I know that sounds weird, but I sort of didn't, I just didn't have the self-belief. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm just like, oh, stuff it. I'm just yeah, going to do it anyway. It. Who cares? I just want to finish it and do it and then I can deal with it and make it better when it's a draft. That's exactly the way to go. And can I please say, I still love the boobs. Good. <laughs> I think you can still, I think you can keep making more of the boobs. Okay, yeah, well, I've given same. my, I've given my heroine bigger boobs than I've had. But she's have. got sore boobs because she thinks yeah. she's pregnant. Yeah, and correct. I think, you know, this never comes into books written by men. No, eh? well, I mean, I've experienced that and I've yeah. been, because I've been, obviously I've had Emmy, but I've been pregnant, I would say, Four time, I've had probably four experiences of po- positive pregnancy mm. tests, a couple that just faded and my period came soon after, which was bloody awful and confusing and awful. But I've also had two miscarriages. Mm. So I've absolutely had those yeah. experiences. And I know what it's like to have sore breasts and you think, oh, it's so exciting. And that's why that, I mean, that's why I've put it in the first scene, that, yes, that horrible cruelty that. of that. your breasts yeah. being sore but that can also just be a period. Yeah. When you want to have a ba- be pregnant... There's nothing more. It can mess with your head. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the breasts should be a separate character on the in the uh, on their own. So go go go. Okay, good. <laughs> and I've sort of made it that her bigger <laughs> boobs are the one thing she has over her very accomplished sister, who's sort of a perfect, <laughs> you know, got all the things. The sister has the kids and the husband and the big house. So. At least Maraid, I've called her name Maraid now, but has her big boobs. Yeah, so Maraid, that's good to know. You've gone back to her old name. Yeah, I called yeah, her that. I, anyway. Whatever. Yes, doesn't names matter. Names also. I know. I mean, with the draft I'm doing at the moment, I'm using a whole set of names that I know every one of them will be changed. Ah, okay. So you just don't worry about that stuff. No, that's, that's just window dressing. Okay. But as long as it's a name you can, we can all remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Ah, so there you go. <laughs> it's... um. No, it's been good and I feel like when I get into it, I can write pretty much a thousand words a pop. Wow. Um, writing fast is 
it's more not knowing what to write. So if I ca- I reckon I can finish a manuscript by the end of the year because is it about eighty thousand? That's what yeah. I was kind of thinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With work and life, that's probably well, that would be an enormous. If I could write two thousand a week, I think I can do it. Let's see. Oh, gosh, you put me to shame. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. And tell us how how's your where are you at with your? Oh, well, I've been meaning to settle to it. Book. <laughs> I think yeah. I've done yeah. probably no more than last time I saw you, maybe two chapters. Yeah. But I keep wanting to rework them because yeah. I don't want to present them. I've got yeah, two you want publishers to be happy with very them. keen to see them, but I don't mm. want to show them until I'm really happy with them and where I'm going and where they're taking me. And the more I work on this book, which is loosely based on growing up in New Zealand in the 60s, the more mm. intrigued I've become with how women lived then and the limitations, intelligence, Vibrant women had to live with, women such mm. as my mother, um, were huge. And I want to remind younger women today to keep at it, you know, hashtag me too forever, yep. you know, yep. and everything. Oh, I can't wait to read oh. these things, Helen. Because your mum was a journalist. She was, but she vented a lot of her frustration in amateur theatricals, <laughs> both on and off the stage. <laughs> so That's gorgeous. And in fact, I've got her reference there from the newspaper she worked on during the war, and it says she was almost as good as a man. And mum was so proud of that reference. She was had she? it at her bedside when she was dying. Did it not make her mad that they said that? No, she no. was so honoured to be almost as good as a man. So, sisters, we've got to stick at this. Yeah, <laughs> we need Nigels in our life to help serve us to Nigels, yeah. reach our potential. Yeah, we do. Yeah, well, that's the thing I loved about the house at Mulberry Hill. Like, I mean, okay, the downstairs art room was at least double, if not triple, the size of the writer's room. However... You could kind of see they were equals. These two, they've created this cre- this artists um, hub because it sounds like they used to travel and bring their friend friends. Used to stay famous people have stayed there, um, famous actors. Laurence Olivier, wow, yep, has stayed there. Sir Robert Menzies wow. um, was is just full on, but it just that was the excitement I got walking around this space. Was like a woman who was leading her best life, hopefully with a partner who supported her. Mm. Yeah, Wonderful. so interesting. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, look, there you go. We're both – it's going to be a um, a year of getting this stuff done, isn't yes. it? Yes. And how excited are we? Yes. See, you, you were saying you shouldn't use the word excited. <laughs> I, I think I overuse it. No. <laughs> Do you get easily excited. Going. No, that's excitement true. Is, is where everything comes from. Yeah, that's and true. And I'm sharing your excitement in our first live yes. to an audience ever. Yes. On the 24th of March. Correct, 24th of March. So it's in, in two weeks. Um at the Blue Mini Cafe in Rosebud. I think it's actually called Capel Sound now. It's had a name change, oh. that suburb. Um, sort of at the end of the Peninsula Freeway there. And Helen and I are in this gorgeous space. Um, it's a cosy cafe with it's sort of trinkets and things everywhere. Um, yeah, art all over the wall. Retro. It's yeah, it's quite retro. retro. <laughs> yep, no, absolutely. Yeah, so we're going to be propped up on a um, kind of a tall bench, not unlike this, but a bit taller, and our audience will be um, enjoying, you know, food and relax, in sort of like a cafe style environment. Yeah. So it's going to be really um, intimate and fun, and they'll get to see, they'll get to meet Nigel. They'll they will. <laughs> But they'll get to basically watch us doing a podcast as well as we're going to sort of share some stories and do a Q&A um, 
Yeah, so it's going to be a really cool experience. And we certainly, Helen and I, because I we both get excited, we have plans. Just It's going to be the first of many. Just yeah. keep an eye out for us. It's, now that we have Nigel, we're just, the sky's the limit. <laughs> we're going to be rolling out and popping out everywhere. But yeah, it's really... Um, it's really exciting, so we can't wait for that. And so for those of you who can't make it, we'll endeavour to do the same thing we normally do, which is capture it on YouTube. We'll have to set up our phone somewhere. That's a good thing to remember. Um, but, of course, you'll be able to hear it. And for those who are there, we can't wait to have no. our first live audience. And, look, if you're really stuck in town <clears throat> can't come out, we'll have to do one in town because, you know, we've had several inquiries. We so. would love to. It, yeah. It's Yeah, it's really exciting. So to finish up, I've got a quick little Planet Social. Mm. I get a chance to press my other button. So, oh, did you give me – no, you said yeah. I gave myself my own diagnosis, didn't you? Did you need to diagnose yeah. me? Yeah. yeah. Keep going. Yeah. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, and I'm on to it. Pace, pace take down, time. Yeah, okay. I like that advice. Yeah, because yeah, I always want to cram things in. And, and more boobs. More boobs. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm so glad because <laughs> I'm excited by that. Um, so a quick update for social, Planet Social, is I know I know we've spoken about stories before and I know they annoy you a bit, Helen, because they disappear. But that's the, that's the nature of why they're so popular is because they force you to be in the moment. This is Facebook stories or Instagram? Instagram. Instagram. Facebook has them too, but uh, they're more used on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to speak specifically for a couple of minutes because we're beautifully on time. Yeah. Um, about doing stories for events. So for those of you out there, if you have an event and you're in, a, in business, now this could be a book fair or, a, you know, anything that you put on to do with your work – um, my fabulous friend Katie, who, who you know, has just got a job at the Frankston Library. So she'll be doing lots of events. So this is kind of when you are in a position that you want to share an event, stories are a great way to do it. And the reason I kind of brought this up is because in between our last podcast, I helped out my friend at the Stella Short Film Festival um, in Langwarren. It's all happening in Langwarren at the moment. Um, and that is a short film festival, obviously. And I did the stories for her as well. So while I was there, the reason I – and I think when you think about it, the first reason to do stories for an event like that is to – you're thinking of people in the future who might want to come. So that you're doing it for the people who are at home who didn't buy tickets that year who are watching it going, oh, that looks quite good. I might go next year. So you're sort of marketing it to future customers, if that makes sense, if you're doing an event. So when you're doing stories for an event and I went to that pause festival recently too I noticed no one did stories there mm-hmm. but I would have if I was involved in it and what I would be doing is telling a story over the course of the day you don't go nutty but you give you you have a chance to actually craft a story so you can do things like show the venue you can you can literally it has to be an arc the same way you would tell any story you can show like here we are today at the Stella short film festival at the McClellan Gallery. And then you start doing things like showing the details, gift bags, the drinks that are there. You might show a moment. I might do a, a scan of the room and show what it looks like in the VIP area for people who think, oh, next year I might buy a VIP ticket that actually looks quite good. Mm-hmm. Things like things that are great to capture on stories, applause, laughter, people chatting and smiling, little snippets of a speech. Don't show the full speech show a tiny snippet so people think oh gosh was that actor there you know so it's doing little things like that using location tags using tags and one hashtag so if you do an event it's really good to just have one key hashtag and let everyone know so for Stella this year it was 
SSFF, Stella Short Film Festival 2020, SSFF 2020. So that should be the hashtag that everyone's encouraged to use. Mm. Don't confuse it by doing Stella one minute and short films the next. But tell me, Kate, with our live event, yes. are you going to have the presence of mind to do all of that? No. So when you're in a situation where you're doing stuff, no. That's why I helped my friend Sarah do the stories because when we're podcasting, I can't story at the same time effectively. So in an ideal world, when we've got more than just Nigel helping us, <laughs> we would have someone do it for us. But because people like Katie will be there, She'll do it. she might be able to do it for yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, she can capture some videos and do it because it's the kind of thing you can help as a friend to your friends who are doing an events because when you're in the middle of it, no. You no, can't do it effectively. I've seen you do that for me at book launches. And oh, I do it exactly. Because, exactly. Yeah. So when Helen has a book launch, that's exactly what I do. I'll do a scan of the room. Yeah, I might fantastic. take a couple of photos of yeah. you. I do a mix usually of videos and photos. And just one shout out to wrap up of who does this at the who is doing this at the moment very very beautifully. Who does stories well is Zoe Foster Blake, who is a writer of um, Chicklet. Uh, I would say, and also she owns a, a beauty brand. But her Instagram account, which is Zoe They Say, with a Z, she is at the moment in America. And God, she tells the story beautifully. She's there checking out beauty stuff. She's she's always explaining. She's very good. She's very informative and educational in her stories. So she'll be like, I'm at this hotel, which was designed by this person. Here's this display. I've just done an interview with this podcast. Everything's tagged. Everything's explained. So what you're feeling like as the audience is you're being taken on a personal tour of Zoe's trip mm. and that's what the insight gives you of a story because you go, oh, wow, she's going to really learn what's happening at the US and that's going to impact mm. this and that. So stories can be really powerful and just one little tip, a lot of people when they have a big event like Stella or anything like that, like Pause Fest, a lot of other people are posting stories, right? So when you're in that account, you get them tagged. You you would see that. You get it like a little message. Someone shared you in the story. A lot of people's instinct is just to reshare, reshare, reshare. But unfortunately, what ends up happening is it just looks really messy. If you're resharing 20 people's stories that aren't yours, it's 20 different views of the same thing. It's a bit messy. I would suggest that if you're in charge of an event, you curate it yourself. You you tell your story and let other people's stories go out into their world. I wouldn't repost just wildly. So there you go. That's just some thoughts on stories for events and a good prompter that, yes, Katie, if you're listening, we'd love you to help us. Um, and hopefully, and actually we may as well say anyone who does come, please, if you do do a story, please tag, uh, use the hashtag novel therapy because that's our hashtag. Um, that would be great and we, we will reshare it because um, – Fantastic. We would love to see and it. And I'm going to bring a few of my books along, which I'm very yes. happy to sign. And you should bring Planet yeah. Social, your book. Yes, yes, 7pm social. It would be lovely to meet people. Yeah, we're really, we yeah. are really excited. Yeah. I'm glad that word's not banned because it's very... <laughs> oh, it would be terrible <laughs> if we banned it. Exactly. So, yeah. So, we've sorted out um, coronavirus yep. and how we're going to deal with it's this. It's going to make us better humans and the economy is going to boom afterwards. And the world is going to become one. We're having to think as a single yes. global consciousness. Yes. And we can even enjoy holding hands all the more when it's less Over. problematic. <laughs> It's all good. Just calm down. Yes, you're yeah. right, Helen. Yeah. I like it. You're a very wise woman. It's good. I like it. All right. Well, that's us. So we get to now. You can press the outro, outro. Helen. Yeah. And Jonah hasn't really been here. Sorry, no. but he is around. He's just having some reflective yeah. time as well. There we go. Yes. Oh, that. So that's us. And basically, yeah. yeah, the next time you hear from us, we will be live 
at the Blue Mini Cafe. Fantastic. Yeah. So, see you there, yeah. whoever makes it. And otherwise, see you next Bye. time. Bye.